Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today, we are joined by Dan, a.k.a. Samail. He is a community caster in the Rocket League scene. So once again, we're going to dive behind what happens behind the scenes um, from that casting perspective. So without further ado, um, Samail, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your past, where those passions in esports um, started, and how that took you to you where you are currently as a community caster in Rocket League. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for having me, Kyle. So uh, I'm a caster for uh, Rocket League. I, I cast for Rival Esports. Um, I'm kind of a community caster. We're a community organization for Rocket League. Um, I've been casting for about four years now. I do pretty much predominantly Rocket League. That's where my focus is. Um, and I, I just recently, or I, I really just recently got into commentating. That's the only commentating experience that I've had previously. Mm -hmm. I don't really have any formal training or anything like that. Um, just just found Rocket League and really loved the game and and I have an, a, a lot of excitement for the game. I play the game almost every single day. I think I have something like almost seven thousand hours between playing and and commentating. Mm -hmm. So just really focus on Rocket League because I just love it and I just um, love the commentating side as well. So just been doing that, like I said, for about four years. Awesome, awesome. Love to hear it. And I, that's one thing I always love to point out is that you know passions in esports isn't only playing right not to lessen playing by any means but there's so much more you can do inside the esports space than just playing the video game um so absolutely love to hear that as well so what i always like to do is kind of let you give what a day-to-day -day looks like for you when you're casting an event whether it's a LAN event or an online event or whatever obviously everything right now is online because of the current world state um, but take us through that day-to-day -day, um, and, you know, getting into production, what, you know, whether you have a warm-up routine um, and casting and then kind of the wrap-up as well. So give us that day-to-day -day kind of idea, idea of your casting routine. Yeah, yeah. Now, it, it kind of depends on which day because, you know, if it's a weekday or a weekend, that can change a lot for me because I do have a, a full-time job. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm kind of even old, an old dinosaur in the, in the scene, I think, a little bit with, with my age. You know, I'm, I'm pushing. I'm, I'm going to be 35 this year. And so I'm, I'm pretty old out there. I got to balance the, the, the life with the, the game and the commentating as well. So, you know, if it's a weekday, I may be working and I may not have, be able to do as much prep as I like to. I like to do as much prep as I can, especially if the format of the tournament, tournament allows it. So, you know, if you know a lot of the teams that are coming in and you have a good understanding of those players, you can really dive in and prep a lot for those players. And that's really my, my preference is to just know as much as I can about the players. Um, I play the game a lot to try and be really good at it. You know, I'm a competitive guy and I want to be as good as I can, but I think that translates over to my commentating as well because, you know, just playing the game helps me prepare to understand it and to to cast at the highest level that I can. But on a, on a you know, a day, let's say it's a weekend, that, that preferred situation, mm -hmm. I, I want to definitely wake up early, kind of, I want my space to be good. So like all the space you guys can't see in front of me, you know, I've learned, I, I've had casts where it wasn't great. It, you know, the, the space that's around me was really messy. And, and you know, you wouldn't expect it would, it would change things for you. But when you're at your house and you're in this room so much anyway, because you're gaming and you're on the internet and all of that, you really want your space to be good. So that's the first thing is making sure that I start off with a nice clean area and get that, that space all good. And then, I, like I said, I just dive into what's the tournament about, what's the format of the tournament, who are the players? Have I seen these players before recently on a, a previous tournament that I might have done? Because that's really going to help, you know, pull in some of that previous knowledge. Um, and then just get as much ammo as I can about the teams and the players. And I, I try to write it down. I get in and I, I sometimes I make spreadsheets. Um, I, I maybe don't do as much as I'd like to, but any, any prep that I can do like that, 
you'll notice you just start talking and then these things start coming out that you that you saw while you were preparing so it really helps elevate elevate your cast um and then the only other thing is just um, make sure make sure to show up early and make sure your your stuff's working because i've been really burned i even got burned kind of recently when my webcam broke and i didn't know that it was broke and then it's a we're in the covid situation you can't find a webcam right now and it was really a tough situation so the only other thing i would say is um try to get in and make sure that your stuff's working before you get in don't don't get in 15 minutes before you have to commentate it. That's, that's a bad practice because next thing you know, something, something's definitely going to go wrong on you. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes your entire day, like I'll be thinking about it my entire day. Like if it's a weekend, it's, it's like what I'm thinking about the whole day, especially if it's an evening cast, it's just on my mind. And, and I'm trying to get my mind right really from start to finish of that day. Yeah, for sure. And the hardware issues, you know, we've all experienced it and they always, they always happen at the worst, you know, the most <laughs> inopportune times, whether it's you're running late, or you know you had to work late, put in an extra hour or whatever. And all of a sudden you get home, say the cast, and everything's just broken. You're like, well, this is just fantastic. Yeah, no good, um, no good. Yeah, and then you have to also make sure that it's communicating right because the software production's using, and then your software to you know video in, web call in, some of it doesn't integrate well, and then all those headaches just start to spiral out of control. So kind of going back, I wanted to expand on your prep work, right? Because that's something that's so incredibly important that you touched on. But expand a little bit more of the importance of that, and then what also it allows you to do at a higher degree um, in the casting of the event in particular? Well, I think doing it for four years now, I didn't necessarily always have the same habits that I do now. And it can always be better as well too. That's one thing, it's, um, it's kind of competitive as the gaming side of it. Even if you're not competitive with the other commentators, because I try to keep it a pretty friendly environment with all of my co-commentators and all the commentators that I know in the scene, I'm still competitive in the fact that I want to improve. So when I think back to four years ago, and I think back to lower level tournaments, you don't necessarily know the players, you haven't prepared as much, you can see the difference. If you were to go back and look at those VODs, and, and thankfully I think most of those VODs might be just completely lost now to, to, the, to the internet, and I hope, I hope so you know, at this point. Um, so not, some of them weren't necessarily as pretty, um, but when you, when you look back, you could see that preparation matters so much, it, it really does. Um, now when I'm trying to get in and know about the players and know about the tournament, you mentioned, um, even knowing about the software that we're using, being prepared to know what, what software are we using for the video side? What are we doing for the audio side? Who's my broadcaster, you know, so that you have that understanding there. You got, you've got all of that to think about. Um, but the more you can prepare as a commentator, the more that you're in that spotlight, it's, it's a lot like performing as a gamer or an athlete or anything like that that preparation pays off in the moment because you don't want to have to overthink. It's just like anything else. If you start overthinking and I've, and I've definitely been there, you know, those times where you start to get into your own head, it can really backfire on you really quickly. And, and that preparation is like that, that safety net. You, you fall back on that. You, you have that stat or you just have that something you can go to, especially if you're looking for something to cling to in the moment. Oh, 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 I can talk about this guy and how I saw him last tournament, or I can talk about how well he's doing in the league, if it's a league, um, or just really anything like that. So I really can't emphasize enough how much preparation truly makes a difference, even if you're skilled, because I think, I think initially I, I came out pretty good just as a natural, you know, having speaking ability, comprehending the game. You think sometimes I, that you can maybe get by with that natural ability, but if you're in that mindset, you won't get as far as you want to. And there are a lot of guys in Rocket League and any other scene that you're 
wanting to get into who are absolutely grinding. You hear that, you hear that word a lot. You hear people talk about people grinding, but people really, really do grind. It's, it's actually insane to see the work ethic of some of my peers and the people who have actually made it, you know, even further, who've accomplished even more than me, that work ethic can set you apart. So that would be actually the biggest thing is like, if you love a game, dive into it. If you love to commentate, dive into it head first. Don't, don't try to have just one foot in. And, and the preparation is really that foundation. If you, if you believe you want to do this, then that preparation has to be there. You can't slack on that preparation if you want to get to that absolute top level. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say like anything that's game specific, um, no matter what game in the world, whether it's Rocket League or CSGO or Hearthstone or football or soccer, whatever your role in that, player, coach, commentator, caster, um, ref, if you don't know the game inside and out, then you're doing yourself a disservice level. Absolutely. Um, there's one thing you touched in there that I want to expand on again as a little bit more is VOD review um, and also how you kind of critique yourself and keep growing your abilities, right? Um, <clears throat> so go ahead, tell us like how you look at your VODs and be like, okay, this is how I can improve here um, to keep that continuous growth moving positively. Well, the biggest thing is you have to be willing to watch them. I know it can sometimes be tough if you go back and watch because just listening to yourself, there's something about it at times where you, you, you might not want to do that. It can be uncomfortable, but you have to get through that discomfort if you want to have growth. So make it a point of actually doing it. That's the first step because you might say that you're going to do it and you don't do it. And if you think you're going to go back and watch your VOD from four weeks ago, after you no, you're not you're not going to do it you're you're not going to go back and watch that if you don't go back and make it a point to watch it pretty quickly after you're you've you've done that event then you're probably not going to watch it at all and seeing that is almost like an outsider perspective you remember it how you did it when you did it but going back and being able to watch it being able to pause it if you want to even really think about some of the things being able to document what you're saying it it's something that you can't get in that real in that in that moment so no matter how good you are in the moment you can always be better to go back and, and do that VOD review and you know just like common things like one of the big things is if you're watching your VOD you don't even have to have a pen and paper down if you watch them enough you're going to hear things from yourself that start to make you cringe you are going to be listening to yourself and you're going to be like why why did I say that same thing again? Why was I getting into this mindset of just saying the same things? That's the biggest thing from a VOD review, I think, is just bringing that uniqueness and expanding on what you're saying because you're going to find you are somewhat predictable in what you're saying and you're saying a lot of the same things over and over again. So I think for me, when I go back and look at a VOD, that stuff just jumps out to me immediately. Um, you, can't, you can't really criticize yourself properly unless you go back and, and you watch. So just... I think looking for repetitive um, nature, uh, similar words, if you're using a lot of buzzwords or using a lot of catchphrases that are the same, try to find different ways to, to say those things. Go and look up synonyms or search on like, I've gone, Rocket League is really similar in a lot of ways to hockey. It's similar to soccer. So you can use a lot of those terms. You can use a lot of those situations and apply those to Rocket League as well. Um, you know, other games may be a little bit different, but that same kind of mindset, what, how can I say what I'm saying differently than what I'm saying? And how can I expand on what I'm saying to be even more, um, have, it, have even more depth to the things that you're saying, especially for me as a color commentator, I want to have really good things to say. I just don't want to say things that sound good because you can be hype 
which mm-hmm. is really great. Which, but I also want to sound good as well. And and you're really not going to get that reflection unless you go back and you do that VOD review, no doubt. Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Any any type of analyst within yourself within your own work is always, I think, a positive. Um, especially for casting journal, because I think so many things that people say, and I used to do it when I started the podcast is I would say the same thing. I did it in this very podcast is let's expand on this. So let's expand on this again. It's like, okay, I used the exact same term twice. Right. So, you know, working through that, I think is really, really great. I'm um, kind of transitioning a little bit to a dip, uh, my next question is, especially in the esports world, your virtual brand, right? Your online persona is so important um, to, you know, get the next gig and the next workplace or the next event that you can cast on. Um, and that's so difficult for younger people to grasp. It's like, hey, you know, my social media presence is massive, right? So talk us through kind of like how you go through growing your brand so you can keep on the same note as the previous question of continuing growth, but in a more of an opportunistic fashion than anything. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think creating your brand and being your, 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 your own cheerleader, you know, going out and promoting yourself is huge. I haven't necessarily done that as much as I could. I'd be the first to probably admit that. Um, but at the same time, I have taken a lot of steps where I just wasn't there four years ago. You know, four years ago, I, I didn't have a Twitter. I, I, I wasn't on Twitter at all. I had never really used Twitter. I didn't even go out and look at Twitter. It just wasn't something that existed in, in, in my world. And as I was trying to grow and, and, and be better and get opportunities, um, I remember someone, um, someone told me, it was someone in, in my organization early, they said, you know, you gotta get, you gotta get a Twitter, that's your first step, is you know, how are people gonna know who you are if, you, if you're not out there? And, and so I, I signed up and I got my Twitter going, and then he said, eventually you're gonna wanna have that be integrated with you as well. So not just your gamer tag, let people, people wanna know you as an individual, and so your brand is tied to your individual as well. It is who you are. You want people to know you, honestly. And, and so that was the start for me was, was being out there on Twitter, trying to just anything that comes to me, you know, if it's something, a, a thought about Rocket League, if it's, if it's I'm, I'm excited about Rocket League or excited about something, going out and putting that out there, putting my just general ideologies about Rocket League, things I think about, just throwing that all out there. And honestly, as long as you're positive in nature, that's going to be huge for you. People, people will like to read what, what you're saying. And, and you should feel interesting. I mean, it's hard. It was hard for me as an outsider. You know, I'm, 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 I'm like 30 years old at the time. I, I feel like I, gaming's been something my whole life, but how do I get in and do this where I'm trying to become a part of something. That's something I had never really done before, especially from the perspective of a commentator. I had been in a community as a player, and that's much more easy. If you're good at the game and you're excited about the game, people will know you because you're just Mm -hmm. gonna be playing well. But as a commentator, that's not just gonna happen. If you think that things are just gonna fall into place for you, you're gonna need an incredible amount of luck for that to happen. And it's really not a strategy that you would want to fall back on. It's not gonna be a strategy that is consistent enough across all people to, to get you to where you wanna be. You, you've gotta work. And putting in that work about who you are is really the first step because that helps people to know, okay, this person's out here, this is what they're doing, this is what they're about. Um, and I think so, so social is obviously huge with Twitter. And then the other thing about building your brand is grinding on the side of it of doing as much as you possibly can if you go if you go four weeks and you haven't done anything and that happens it's happened to me quite a bit where I may go a month 
and I haven't done any sort of commentating. And it's like that, what have you done for me lately? You want to be kind of in people's minds. And if you're only in people's minds once a month, you're not really going to grow as quickly as you'd like to grow. Um, my growth has been somewhat slower as I've learned too, because this has been a learning experience for me as well. Um, but you see it, you see when the work that you put in directly correlates to, to that growth. Um, the other thing I'd say is be a patron of the community, be that person who loves your community, who wants to do good things for your community. Don't get caught up on necessarily what you're going to get out of it. I don't think that anybody has ever done anything good without people being there to help them and without them being there to just sort of put good things out there for other people. And so if you can do good things for your gaming community because you care about them, then people will immediately see you for that. And, and, it, and it's a good type of getting noticed as well, right? You're not, you're not pushing anything that's, not, that's disingenuine or anything like that. You're actually being yourself and you're caring and that's my thing is I want to I wanna just care about the Rocket League community and I want to show people how much I love the game, I love the community, and put that out there as much as I possibly can. So that's tweeting about things as much as I can, um, getting into as many tournaments and commentating as much as I can so that there's visibility there as well. And now even I'm going to start trying to get into streaming because that is in, specifically in the Rocket League community and I don't know how maybe if this applies to other communities, but Rocket League has been so grassroots overall as an esport that just being that streamer who can come along and stream competitive games will get people watching you. Mm -hmm. People want to watch competitive games. And if they don't have that outlet, they're just clamoring right now. They're starving to watch high level Rocket League. And so if you're a streamer and you're interesting there and then you stream competitive Rocket League, even on your own stream, that is just huge. I have seen uh, multiple people in the Rocket League community specifically who have blown up because they took it upon themselves. They didn't necessarily even have to get on an org. They had done things with an org too, but they went to their own Twitch and they built things through their own Twitch where they were going to be streaming high level Rocket League. And next thing you know, they just, they just blew up. It's, it's just, mm -hmm. as soon as you get noticed for one big thing too, that can be really big. So have a project or something that, that you're focused on that you think is important and deliver that and people will notice. Yeah, absolutely. I think all of those, those different aspects of the, that response you just gave are all fantastic. You know, really love the highlighting of streams. I think streaming um, on the streaming platforms is the future of this media and entertainment, right? Whether that's watching competitive Rocket League or watching uh, La Liga over in Europe or watching NFL Sunday night, like, you know, it's so open access to everybody. Um, that I obviously love to see. And it's a great way to grow your brand because it gives people an opportunity to find the entertainment they want and then provide you the same platform to, you know, work in that set on that same platform as well. So unfortunately we are running out of time. I think we've had a fantastic discussion on really expanding the corner of growing your brand and casting and how that looks like from the community and grassroots perspective, especially in such a grassroots game like Rocket League, like you said earlier. So I'll leave you with one last question before we wrap up is with all the experience in the past four years, right, especially from that casting, your community outreach, um, and growing your own brand, what do you think might be the one thing missing or the one thing that you would want to see improve the most from the esports industry as a whole, right? So apply what you've seen, what you come into contact with, and what do you think the next step is 
for esports and how do we get to that next or you know is it growing something improving something or creating something that might be missing right now well i think it right now we're kind of on the pinnacle for esports it really truly feels like it's going to become an actual main truly mainstream thing i think Esports and gaming has already been so inclusive, at, you know, in a lot of areas that if esports could just expand and be extremely inclusive to all and really, if we can all push that about how this, how anyone can do this, how anyone's accepted, anyone can be involved, everyone can do, there, it doesn't matter who you are. You can have a love for gaming and you can get into esports. I've met so many different personalities and so many different people who are also interesting that that's a unique thing that I think esports is primed to where if you can just bring anybody into it, it, it the, the growth, it, it's exponential at that point. I mean, the, the, the really the, the sky's the limit for what, for what we can do because anyone can get into this. Anyone can do it. Anyone can be a part of what we're doing out here and i would encourage anyone to just jump in if you're if you're wondering how don't stress on that just start doing it just start getting out there and just start doing things you'll be surprised how things will start to go really well for you so that'd, that'd be the thing we're we're inclusive to everybody who's out there just get in and do it and i think if esports can make sure and know make sure and tell people because i think esports is very inclusive already but just get that message out there about how we're we're just open to um all types of personalities Exactly. I always say that, you know, within the community of esports, everyone wants just to see the, the industry as a whole um, keep growing, whether it's the competitive side or casual gaming or watch parties or the entertainment side, you know, production, so on and so forth. Um, and it's just making that mainstream, like you said, right? Getting every single person to be like, um, yeah, this is the future, right? This is great competition and these great new games. So let's get in, let's watch and just start doing um, and then I think everybody's so accepting and so inclusive that you, know, you don't have to have any requirements, right? No one's gonna block you out for any reason, especially in the esports world. Absolutely love to hear it and see that in person. But unfortunately, we are out of time. Fantastic discussion, really expanding um, the esports industry in that holistic fashion, which is what I think ultimately that needs to happen for esports to grow from like the toddler it is right now to you know this beautiful, well-formed adult, so to say. Um, so. And I'm not getting any younger. We got to get there. Exactly. 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 Right. Just take those steps. Just do it. And I think things will fall in the right place for sure. So Samael, real quick, plug yourself. Tell us where um, someone can find you if they want to reach out to you for casting um, or just to ask you more questions. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm out there on Twitter. Like I said, that's my main platform, Rocket Samael. So just throw a rocket in front of my name. I'm going to be trying to stream on Twitch as well, but also just want to plug um, Rival Esports too, since they're the guys who've taken me so far and, and have been a part of the, that organization for so long. So Rival Esports, just really big in the Rocket League scene as well. So you can always find me uh, there, but we've got a lot of great things coming in the future. So just kind of look out. I'm sure you're going to see me around and, and many other great, great commentators out there. So again, Ro Rocket Samail, just, just remember that rocket and you got it. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds good. Once again, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast um, and really talk about esports um, and the industry from what I think it needs to become more mainstream and all the topics we talked about. So yeah. love to hear it. Me. Yeah, hundred percent to everyone out there. It's still listening. Thanks for staying the whole time. Stay healthy and stay happy with the current pandemic right now. Make sure you take care of your friends and your loved ones and ultimately stay plugged in.